Hello and welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, my friend? I realize the holidays are just around the corner and a lot of people are stressed. And isn't it funny? I was just talking with one of my clients about this today. We get so caught up. It's like, oh my gosh, if you celebrate Christmas like I do, how did Christmas get here? It's so funny. My brother-in-law called me on Monday night to talk about plans and I was talking to him on the phone and I said, well, what day is it? I know the date, but I didn't, wasn't quite sure of which day of the week it was, right? It's not like it's a surprise. Christmas is always on December 25th. Christmas Eve is always on December 24th. And my family has a big old party, a really big old party of people that come over on Christmas Eve. I always know it's going to happen. I'm not really stressed about, actually, I'm not stressed about uh, the holidays because we have all that dialed in. It's all been decided ahead of time and it's going to be great. And we have anywhere from 60 to 150 people that come over on Christmas Eve. And then we need to make some decisions um, about Christmas Day because we what we normally do, we may be doing something a little bit different, but we'll be talking to the family about that. So I realize that this can be a really hectic time of year for you. And I'm doing a short show. It's a mini show today because I know you may be busy. And with that being said, I also know that this, while there can be so much excitement and joy, there can also be tremendous sadness around the holidays too. And sometimes there can be a lot of space because by just me saying that I have a huge old party of 60 to 150 people, could the stories that one can create from that can be quite huge, right? And it can be shame trigger. So I get all of that. So maybe your holiday is quite small. And be okay with that if that's what you choose to create. Our Christmas day tends to be small and it's really been nice for our family to get together and do it that way, especially after what we go through on Christmas Eve and then New Year's Eve gets even quieter. That's just the way we like to do it. We've designed it over the years. But I do understand that the holidays can be a shame trigger because we have this idea of how it's supposed to be or what we've been culturally programmed to believe it's supposed to be. And then we have the reality of what our current life is. So if there's a gap, and if it's a big gap, the great news is you can use the show to fill that space, that white space that may be uncomfortable next week, to have information that supports you, a way of thinking that supports you as you go through and think about, okay, for next year, how do I want to do it differently? There's about 600 shows. So there's a lot of content. There's me talking. You can also listen to interviews when you get tired of me talking and the other people that I've had on the show. So 600 shows, that's a lot of time with me that we can spend over the next couple weeks. But today I'm going to keep it short and sweet. And today I'm talking about what the heck is all this talk about vulnerability? You hear vulnerability, it's in books. What is vulnerability and why is it so important? And Why is it vital for you to live your life? Because it is vital. It's not even just important. It's vital. What's the difference between fear and vulnerability? So those are what I'm going to talk about in this short mini-so today. And then stay tuned because next week I'm going to have 
a long interview, and it's actually going to be an interview with somebody who is a client, and we're going to talk about his journey and what happens when one commits. He's so inspirational. Other clients have talked about how he's been an inspiration for them, and so I'm so excited. I can't wait for you guys to hear that, but I wanted to do that when we had when we got past Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, even for those of you that don't celebrate that, but to get past that and to get into a bit more space because people tend to have some space around the first or going into the new year. So that's something to look forward to. But back to today, what the heck is all this talk about vulnerability? What is vulnerability? So the simple definition of vulnerability is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk, right? None of that sounds fantastic to me. None of it. Uncertainty, I was the queen of certainty. Emotional exposure, no, I was taught and I believed, suck it up, stand strong and stand tall. Don't, don't show what's underneath. In risk, nope, don't really like risk. That's what vulnerability is, okay? It is our hearts. It's underneath all that armor, perfectionism, judgment, sarcasm that we can use because we don't want you to see that very thing that's really us underneath, of all, underneath all of that that we put out into the world. Because maybe if you see that, then you'll reject me and I won't be good enough. And that's a gentle side. And I spent a lifetime covering that up with judgment, with, you know, fierceness, not just fierceness, but judgment. And I would like to scare people, especially when I was younger, you know, like, let me keep you away from me. That way you don't hurt my heart. Okay. That is vulnerability and being wrapped up in armor. Here's why it's important because everything that it is that you want, love, belonging, connection, worthiness, doing meaningful work, being able to own your voice, having the courage to stand up in a meeting or to tell somebody how you feel about them, you're going to have vulnerability because there's emotional exposure, there's risk, and there's uncertainty. When you use your voice and you call out something or even ask a question in a meeting, you don't know what direction that's going to take. You don't know how people may interpret or misinterpret what you had to say. But if you want to have meaningful work, if you want to have connection, if you want to have belonging, if you want to be in loving relationships, the pathway is vulnerability. One of the things that I talk to my clients about, and I live in the state of California. So when you go from Northern California to Southern California in a car, you typically use Interstate 5. It's the fastest. It's the fastest way, unless you're one of my uh, girlfriends whose college son drove home from LA last week and somehow ended up in Benicia. She's like, I-5. I-5 is the path. That's okay. He's 18. So I-5 is the pathway to go to Southern California. It's the fastest way. I could take Highway 1, which is what you see on the television. You know, it's a path where you can see the Pacific Ocean. It takes forever, right? There could be traffic. It's not very fast. It takes months longer. If you really want to get to LA fast, you go down I-5. It's stinky. There's cow barns. There's lots of cows. There's, it's just boring. But that's the fastest way. So that's really what vulnerability is like. It's not pleasant. It can be messy. It can be stinky at times. And oftentimes we go, oh, I really don't want to go. But if I really want to get to LA in five, six hours, that is the pathway. It's faster than even flying between getting, you know, getting to the airport and all of the hoopla, going through security, landing, getting a car. I-5. So those of you who are from California, you're going to understand that. That's what vulnerability is. It is the pathway. And it's so often what we don't want to go through. We want the fairy godmother, right? We want her to come. And I do this. I want her to rescue me. Just bippity boppity boop. 
and there I go and I transform and it wasn't painful, but that's not how it works. (laughs) Not to be a damper during the holidays. It's just not how it works. So here's the thing about vulnerability and why are we hearing so much about it? And I really believe a lot has to do with Brene Brown, right? She's done all this research. She's been talking about it for the last 20 years. It's people are reading her books. We've been like, oh my gosh, here's this thing that we weren't quite aware of and that she's been talking about it and we're getting it and it's starting to become a part of our culture. I remember years ago, Nashville had some stuff about it and maybe it was about shame too. And then Scandals had it and there's all these television shows and those are just a couple I can think of but so many television shows that are talking about it. And how often do we pick up books or magazines and there's this talk about vulnerability or how it's so much more of a commonplace word than maybe 10, 20 years ago. It wasn't part of vocabulary. So it's part of our culture now, but then how the heck do you actually do it? How do you live it? So it is your part, heart, and it can seem, it can feel like fear, right? It's like, oh my gosh, this is a bad feeling because vulnerability doesn't feel good. It's not, oh, yippee, skippy. This is so fantastic and I'm so excited. It's like, oh gosh, this feels horrible. Maybe I shouldn't go and do this. And it becomes really important to understand the difference between fear and vulnerability because they seem the same. But fear is about being in danger and our body is trained to fight it, flee it, or freeze. Fight it, flee it, run away from it, or freeze. And vulnerability is about moving through it. So one is that when you do feel this feeling, check in, like, what's going on? Is it that I'm going to die? Or is it that I'm uncertain about the outcome? Am I uncertain about how I may show up? Maybe I'm going to fall apart and I can't do that as a leader. Is it there's some risk in there involved? Is it the fear of failure, right? So often that's what vulnerability is about. So really being able to pay attention and start to differentiate the two between fear and vulnerability. They feel a lot alike, but they're actually quite different. And I've when I started to learn this, I started to recognize and go, oh, me not showing up for that really isn't about me being afraid. It's about the vulnerability that I don't want to experience. But if this is the outcome I want on the other end, then this is the pathway I must go through and it's uncomfortable. And then after I go through it, I check in and say, okay, so what do I think? What worked well? What didn't work well? And usually I'm pretty darn proud and excited that I went through that experience. On the swim team with the monsters, my parents, they get really upset because they've spent all this time and money and they're being such great parents. They sign their kids up for the monsters and how this is going to be all fantastic. And then, and it is for a while. And then one day the kid's like, I don't want to go to practice. I hate swimming, whatever it may be. And I always tell the parent, you never evaluate on the drop-off. You evaluate on the pickup. The drop-off is mixed up with the kid's been at school, they've been told what to do all day. The kid just wants to go home and sit on the couch, probably pick up an electronic device, right? That's how we like to so-called relax. The last thing the kid wants to do is get in the water, be told what to do and have to work hard. Like really, is that what any of us really want to do? I know there's some people that do, but when most of us aren't hardwired that way, or at least brainwired, conditioned that way anymore. So I always say, evaluate on the pickup. Don't evaluate when you're entering into something of, should I be doing this? Like you have to manage risk and so on, but don't evaluate like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. You've got to go through the process and then evaluate move through it. 
And if you want love, if you want connection, part of it is being willing to be vulnerable. I've coached several people this week who are going through hard times in relationships or who want to be in loving, committed relationships. And they've had deaths, you know, in their family, they've experienced loss. And the thing is, is that if you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable in these new relationships, then you can't experience the extreme joy. So when I was like 20 years old, I made a declaration that I would never get married and never have kids. Well, we all know how that worked out. My husband's, I've been with him for 25 years and four kids later. But I didn't want that because I wanted to be in control because I didn't know, I didn't want to have risk and end up with somebody who was an addict or an alcoholic. I grew up with so much alcoholism. I didn't want to have that experience. So my best way to control it was to not get involved. The problem with that is that if you try to avoid loss and if you try to avoid those dark feelings, you also dim the joy that can be in your life. So going through a loving, connected relationship, you will go through pain. That is guaranteed, but there will also be tremendous joy. And the pain are learning opportunities that we like to talk about here. So my friend, make sure that we, if you want to have the light and the joy and the happiness, you've also got to have the dark. It doesn't mean we have to indulge in it. And it doesn't mean that we want to story fondle the dark. We're going to have hard times and we're also going to have great times. And we want all the experiences because that's what gives our, bo- our lives this body of richness where we're able to experience all the feelings and be able to move through them. You know, I know in the summer, I love the summer, but then when there's, you know, the the fall, I love that. Like every season allows me to help appreciate and be grateful for the other seasons as well. So I love on a hot summery day, then sometimes have like when I'm in Canada, there's thunderstorms. It's always one of my favorite things to have that contrast. And so it's about experiencing all of these feelings. Now I invite you to commit to the best case scenario move through the vulnerability, move through it and always manage risk. And what that means is that I'm not a big fan or actually I've never been a fan of leap and the net will appear, right? Well, because of course I don't like risk. And it may sound contrary because I'm also the person who says, hey, you must believe to achieve. You have to believe without the evidence of it happening because it's who you become in this process. And believing to achieve is so important. Well, with the managing risk is that if you're going to spend money, here's an example. I always have a rule of if I spend this money, will it hurt my family? Because that's an important value. And so if I'm going to spend money, if it doesn't hurt my family, I'm willing to take that risk because I'm managing it to a level that it allows my values to work. Everybody's going to be different. So commit to the best case scenario, move through the vulnerability and manage risk. Give yourself permission to practice it. And here's the key, because you have to allow yourself to suck at it. You have to allow yourself to suck at vulnerability because it's so easy as overachievers who don't like being anything less than, I don't want to say perfect, so we're just going to use fabulous. So, you know, anything less than that, we're like, oh no, I can't because then people will know that there's something wrong with me, right? Because one of the things about covering up vulnerability is perfection. Like, let me just look perfect so you don't think that there's something wrong with me. But it's always the thing underneath us that draws in that connection. It's like, oh, you too. You too have been divorced. Me too. 
oh, you too, your parent was an alcoholic, so was mine. That's the thing sometimes that connects us is how did that person overcome? And how did she overcome? And how did he overcome? Those are the things that draw us in. So give yourself permission to practice it and allow yourself to suck at it because you need that space to learn and grow. That is so, so important. And as you cultivate this practice of vulnerability, because you're not going to do it perfect, you're going to be over vulnerable. I've done that. Raise your hand if you have. And we're going to be under vulnerable, right? Which is just really armored up. Raise your hand if you've done that. And I've done that both. And learning how to practice vulnerability with people who've earned the right to hear your story. It takes practice. But as you do this and you cultivate it, it's your journey to belonging, to love, to connection, to worthiness, to you being your own best friend, to you owning your voice and using it. And whether it's, you know, at a PTA meeting, in a work meeting, in a relationship and asking for what it is that you want. Asking somebody a question about their life can be a very vulnerable experience. And when you, but sometimes people don't do that. And then the person on the other side make up a story of, oh, see, I don't really matter. They never ask. So vulnerability allows you to create connection. So in today's show, I talked about why vulnerability or what is vulnerability, why it's important and vital for you to live the life that you want and the difference between fear and vulnerability. Now go out and practice it. And I love that I've heard from so many listeners who, how the show resonates for their life. And if you're one of those people and you've come to think, you've got to go check out my Enough group coaching program. And that's where we take these tools and practices that I discuss here on the show. And I also write about in the Sunday Love column and we apply it to your real life. We're going to integrate these tools into your life so that by the end of our time together, you're living it in your bones. It's not just some information that's in your head and going, God, this sounds so good. This sounds so good. But there's a disconnect between how how I think and how I live. And the bonus of this enough group is that you're going to have a safe community to, to thrive and to connect and belong and feel safe as you become enough. So I invite you get on the enough wait list. And go check it out because I'm going to be opening up enrollment for my upcoming January group. Go check it out at howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. Make sure you type in howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough and get on the wait list. Happy holidays. And until next time, I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting. Never been so wild.